It's uh, it's snowing again out there, Jordan. Um, this is largely due to climate change, because throughout the history of the world, <coughs> the climate changes <laughs> naturally. I think we're in what what used to before the climate change hysteria hit us used to be called the El Nino cycle where the it was explained to me by a friend and I remember this from the 90s Mark Eubank used to make a big deal about this remember Mark Eubank the yeah. the weatherman with the white coat when it snowed he would yeah. have been wearing his white coat yesterday yeah uh, his son i think uh is now a weatherman locally oh yeah. i can't remember his name and i always call him Skippy and that's not his name but for some reason i've called him Skippy Eubank for a long time <laughs> And let's not forget about his, his... He's got a daughter, right? His, high, high up forget, in the church. Let's not forget about his daughter. <laughs> okay. Sharon Eubank is his daughter. I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. She's... Uh, Kevin, I think, is his son's name. Yeah, That's the weatherman. Sharon is the darling of the New World Order, World Economic Forum agenda, United Nations Agenda 2030 uh, links into the church. What I was going to say, though, is that Mark Eubank, the father, used to talk about the El Nino, La Nina cycle. So you, mm-hmm. when you've got a La Nina, and I don't understand the, the Spanish implications here. One is masculine, one is feminine. And I believe the El Nino uh, is somehow related to the Christ child when the, when the sailors gave it that term or fishermen gave it that term. But uh, one of my friends was explaining this to me who knows a lot more about it. And I haven't, I didn't even look it up because of course in true mind virus show fashion, we had a short discussion about what we would talk about. And then Bobby opened the meeting today with climate change or snow. <laughs> I just mentioned that it's snowing again. It's That's snowing. All. Of course you are knowing it's, that, it's, that it's you April would have something to third. say. It's April. Of course I've got something to say about everything, <laughs> but uh, it's April 3rd, right? It is April 3rd. Uh, we are the mind virus podcast. 2023, we normally don't get snow like this, or at least the past several years we haven't gotten snow like this. We've usually had more of a warm spring, and this year we don't, and that is due to weather currents in the Pacific Ocean. Ocean, Oceanic uh, currents, air currents, etc. It has to do with the temperature of the Pacific Ocean, the water in the Pacific Ocean, which is most directly influenced, like 99.999999% of the temperature in the ocean is due to one factor. Would you like to guess what factor that yeah, is? Yeah, um, SUVs. Uh, explain what is an SUV. <clears throat> Sport utility vehicle. It's like people driving Suburbans and Hummers, right? They need in beef, beef farts, cow, <laughs> cow farts. So in light years, what, what, what would you say? It takes, what, eight minutes for light to get? It's 8.2 light minutes for light to get from the sun. 
Now, for those who are uninformed, the sun, the S-U-N, not S-U-V, the S-U-N. Oh. Okay, you got your acronym wrong. Sport Utility Nitrogen. It's the super unknown nuker. Oh. Okay, that's what S-U-N stands for. Okay. Supermassive, unid- uh, uh, unthought of, okay, supermassive, unthought of nucification. Okay. That's what that's, uh, the that makes sun sense. is, okay? It's this, Math for the uninformed, it's a massive fireball in the sky. <laughs> it's way bigger than the earth, and it causes temperatures on the earth to change dramatically for example the earth rotates meaning it's the earth is a globe (laughs) okay and it rotates around and half of the earth will face away from the sun and the other half will face the sun and it's so dramatic that it's as if it's the difference as if you were in a dark room and you turn the lights on or off right so when you're away from the sun the lights are off when you're facing the sun, the lights are on. Do we have a do we have a word for those terms? No, we don't. No, okay. um, there's no people don't know about this, and this is why we're having such problems in our society because those words never existed. And are you saying that like half the Earth has like the lights out for like half the time? And then half sometimes the time it depends is, because there's this tilt to the earth. Yeah, I'm, and so so like in speaking, the summer when it's the summer, the lights are on longer. Uh huh. Well, that's why the government is trying to do something about this. They're gotta, trying to turn the lights off. Yeah, just turn the lights off sooner. Yeah. We're using too much power from this subversive, they want, undermined nu- nuclear, whatever you called it, supermassive, unthought of n- nuclear Right. That. The supermassive. Just turn the lights out sooner. Like, what time does do the lights normally go out in the summer? Like, nine thirty at night or something in North America. That's really late. So, see, it's fortunate that the Earth rotates because if it didn't rotate, one side of the it, think of it like the broiler in your oven. Mm-hmm. When you turn that thing on, have you ever done toast in the oven instead of in your in your toaster? Mm-hmm. Or do you have a service that does your toast for you? <laughs> I have a subscription a service. A subscription service? For $15 a month, they deliver me uh, a variety of toast every other day. Hmm. Today actually is the day we're getting, we're getting sourdough and uh, also a little Melba. Remember the little Melba toast, a little bag of Melba. Oh, the little tiny hard ones? Yeah, you can put them in your hot drink of choice and stir it around and then you can... Nom, nom, nom. Let's see. I'll look it up. I, I, do, I do actually. I do my own toast. Thank you. <laughs> and yes, I've uh, done okay, it in the okay. oven. Okay, so, so have you ever left it in too long next to the broiler? Probably. See, if the earth didn't rotate, that's what would happen to one side of the earth. It would just, it would just become hardened toast, burnt toast? Uh, it would light on fire. It would become nucified. Oh, okay. So the rotation of nothing the earth would grow like the is like a big umbrella or sunscreen kind of so, yeah plus the atmosphere oh yeah which it, which has been ruined by cows and SUVs <laughs> okay. right 
My daughter came home from school the other day saying she was scolding me a little bit because we eat a lot of beef in our house and the cows are ruining the environment. We need to change our food. And I said, I will not eat the bugs. <laughs> this is your daughter? Yeah. Is she going to school in Utah? Uh-huh. Like a local school that I know of? Mm-hmm. Is your younger daughter? Yeah, she's a ninth, ninth-ish grader. And she was serious? Kind of, yeah. Are, I, you, are you talking to children uh, in your family? Yes. Yeah, we had Do a, you ever talk had, to them? We had a discussion, a little bit of a discussion. You should tell her about the S-U-N. Yeah. Because apparently she wasn't taught about the S-U-N. The S-U-N causes climate to change on the earth. It goes through sunspot cycles. It warms the massive bodies of water, things like the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ocean is so big that we can't even describe it here on the Mind Virus show. The ocean, not the magazine. Right. There's no... Yeah, the Pacific. We're talking about the ocean, not right. the magazine. Okay. Yeah. You have and, to be sometimes you not, have to be specific about the Pacific. Well, yeah, the Pacific, not the mini series about World War II either. Oh yeah. Because there was a good mini series. When I was a when I was a kid growing up, there was that that clothing brand Ocean Pacific. By the way, OP, yeah, don't by the way, if you're just joining us, thank you for joining us. Uh you know, if if you haven't listened in a while, Stick with us. We're going somewhere today. We actually have a plan today, but it wasn't to talk about the SUN. This is just infotainment. It's information. It's not misinformation. It's actually true. It's verifiable. You can observe this by standing outside for 24 hours and noticing the change in temperature and the change in the amount of light. Okay? (laughs) Unless there are clouds, which there have been a lot of clouds caused by this El Nino cycle. Okay, we're getting back to that. We'll unravel this tangent. We'll go back to what we wanted to talk about today, which was contention. And Bobby and I are not being contentious. We're just exploring ideas here. Speak for yourself. I just did. I said I'm, we're not. I'm going to be very, very contentious. Well, I spoke for me speaking for you. That's okay. speaking for myself. Well, I always wanted those OP shirts. <laughs> yeah, Ocean Pacific. <laughs> but it is snowing today. Again. So when you come, from, come out of a La Nina cycle where the, the current comes from the south on the California coast and pushes the, the precipitation towards the Pacific Northwest, that's what happens most of the time. So California is a little more deserty than it wants to be. When that changes, you get El Nino, and then all the, all the warm air from the Pacific just comes straight across and causes precipitation through straight through California and the Intermountain West. So that's what we're getting. Remember Mark Eubank. Remember this has happened before. It switches yeah. about every 10 years. It is not caused by government or activists in government or small children that uh, want How to be activists in government. How dare you? How dare you? How old is that lady now? She's like not a child anymore, right? Greta? Yeah. Uh, I think she's 20. I think... I think- we talked about her last week, right? Because she is a successor of Jesus, according to the Church of Sweden. <laughs> okay. I had forgotten about that. Yes. You've stolen my dreams. So, yeah, am I, I'm the one that's trying to be serious on the Mind Virus show today. <laughs> I'm being serious. Um, <laughs> I'm always serious. Yeah, last week we talked about uh, having an identity crisis as people. Oh, and by and the way, for the record, 
We haven't been canceled yet because of that. Or the record. You you implied that maybe I was having an identity crisis. Well, on only the in the description. Yeah, and I, I for the record, I'm not. But I did that just to get views. <laughs> did it work? Because I thought, uh, well, yeah, actually, I think last week we had like about 100. All right. And uh, at least unique IP addresses, which means <clears throat> if you divide that by like three, maybe eight. We have, well, about tw- we have about 20 people listening. You're not supposed to divide it. You're supposed to multiply it. I, I know of a f- practice where you take the, the peak viewership of something online and you multiply it okay. to goose numbers. To estimate numbers, you mean? Yes. What did I say? You used the word goose, but oh. that's an animal. Well, it's, it can be a verb. When you goose something, it or it, it can uh, be the co-pilot in Top Gun. We had about twenty-five percent more last week than we did the week before. If you want to know <clears> the this uh, the actual uh, numbers, this winter is one of the largest. No, I think it's the largest on in Utah's recorded history. When you when you measure it by uh, snow snow amounts and California. Probably will just wash away into the ocean this year. Many according other, to the Farmers Almanac, I checked it out. Yeah, many other states going to warm up, having big winters as well. And then the the flooding, we, I think we touched on this last week too, because we talked about thistle and the flooding could be catastrophic. Uh, if you if you live on the benches, especially, I hope you're mudslides. Yeah, I hope you're invested in sandbags and maybe a backhoe to build a trench and a wall yeah but but for real that could be some serious remember in 1983 the the river going down main street in salt lake city do you ever remember those videos or yeah and i remember it vividly as a kid seeing it i think we went and helped uh i know for sure my dad did yeah phil went and helped fill sandbags yeah we did the same thing but uh I, i remember that vividly and i remember seeing some pictures of it and a friend showed me some pictures of it recently. That's forty years ago. That's like a, you know, that's like a scriptural cycle right there. Right. When you forty years to the season, if we were to get flooding this time around, that would that'd be nature following the pattern. Like forty years and forty nights. 40, 40 days and 40 nights. No, 40, 40, the number 40 is like a... It is. A cyclical, you know, that's like a cycle number that'll show up in, in ancient writings from time to time. Well, uh, you, you did introduce our topic today. No, no, you were going to introduce it. You you were going to introduce it by showing or, or pointing out a video from a guy named Billboard Chris because... Probably on the audience's mind today is the idea of contention and unity. It's a big topic in Utah right now. Is it? Yes. <laughs> well, Billboard Chris is someone I don't really, I don't know who that is. Um, other than he has a Twitter account where he calls himself Billboard Chris. And he's he, a Canadian? I believe he's Canadian. This took this incident we're going to describe took place in Vancouver, Canada. Does he wear a billboard that says the end is near? He should. He should. But he wears a little billboard around his neck and it has some message on it. And uh, that's about it. He'll go to 
different events and protests and with his billboard. And he was at some kind of rally in Vancouver, Canada. I don't know if it originated as a pro-trans event or if it was a, dare I say, anti-trans event. (laughs) We want to get canceled. Just use those two words together. And that it was, I don't know, but he's, he's, the video picks up and maybe you've seen this. We'll link to it. There is profanity, but I think the profanity is uh, illustrative, illustrative, illustrative. It's not Billboard Chris. Billboard Chris is wearing a suit. Billboard Chris doesn't say a word, really. Billboard Chris just kind of appeared to have gotten swallowed up in a shark feeding frenzy. He's standing there and, uh. There's a reporter for, I don't know if it's a news or like a YouTube news channel, but there's a reporter style interview trying to take place, right? They've got a microphone and they've asked him a question or something and the microphone is in his, you know, being held toward his face and he's attempting to answer the question, but there's a... uh, Was he wearing a billboard that says children cannot consent to puberty blockers? Something like that. Uh, Which is which is factual. <laughs> children can't consent to much of anything. Children, children under the age of 18 are not allowed to make contracts. They or, can't or drink. Vote they or can't smoke. Drinkers. They can't buy guns. They can't vote. They can't uh, do a lot of things, right? right? But they can, apparently... Consent they, to puberty blockers They can decide that they've been born in the wrong gender. Anyway, so this uh, person <laughs> approaches... Billboard Chris. This person well, we, that we're, look, we're already potential cancelable material. This, uh, uh, the yeah. person that put, that approached him, you called him a linebacker. This appears to be a man in drag or uh, someone who identifies as a woman is clearly a man. Right. And then another man approaches him from the other side. These are tall people. They're very strong. I mean, when we when it comes to altercations, street fights, you know. Right. Women who identify mm. as men, or no, men who identify as women shouldn't be allowed in the women's division. Men, <laughs> what did I just say? I don't know. Men, men, <laughs> men, men who say they're women should not be allowed in the women's division in the street fighting uh, Well, and they probably arena. shouldn't be allowed in any women's spaces, and there's another story we can bring up about that, but let's wrap this up with Billboard Chris. So this man wearing a wig, and it's it's... At first glance, Billboard Chris was not wearing a wig. Billboard Chris was wearing a suit. Yeah, and he and he, he was, was trying to speak, and he he was ta- trying to talk to the the reporter. Was asking him about how he could get his point across, like what it was like to maintain his composure. Yeah, yeah. Well, because at the time that he's being interviewed, this man in a wig is encroaching closer and closer, and he she is screaming obscenities at him. No. Right in his face. Let's eventually. be more clear. The guy who was chanting F U F U into trying to get his face into the microphone and, and trying to shout this guy and down. Closer until at one point this this uh barbarian is inches away from Billboard Chris's Yeah, but it's face. not just him. There were like it was like Yeah, and it, well, it emboldened it was like wolves in a pack. It emboldened the people around him and they start closing in on him until Billboard Chris turns to face this person and 
raises his hand, not in a threatening manner, but raises his hand to establish personal space. I don't think he even did that. I think he was raising his phone to there's another his phone on a there's another angle where he kind of well, he's allowed to put right. his hand and we're talking about this person is literally inches well he's allowed from to put his face yeah. and then at that point the barbarian linebacker this is a ass- man assaults, who says he's a, who's dressed like a woman the uh the billboard chris fellow and bloodies his face and, and now of course the internet the cops by the way are the the, the place is surrounded by Vancouver police officers who do nothing. In fact, yeah, one of looks, them was just laughing. It looked to me like it was equal portions police officers, equal portions uh, reporters, equal por- equal portions trans activists, meaning people who think that you can identify as another gender and that's normal. And then you had one billboard, Chris. Yeah, so and it it's hard to like know. It was one third, one third, one third, it, and one guy. It's hard to know without larger well, no, know, when, zooming when, out yeah, but, but when, in this when it, case when when he was attacked so the guy so <clears throat> the, the linebacker guy went for chris's throat was what you're getting at sorry to steal your thunder but when yeah. he when he when when he was attacked the scene uh, pe- people started to back up or at least the cameraman from the angle you showed me he, right he backs up and you can start to see it and it looks like it's about one third one third and one third the police officers were right there they could have they could have Remember, equal police presence, equal reporter presence, equal activist presence. The, the this police, is what's weird the about The police could have on. de-escalated this as soon as the uh, activists started to encroach on Billboard Chris's fate, uh, uh, space, personal space, because it, it got out of hand. It's one thing, I suppose, to let somebody just yell. And you've, seen, you've probably seen variations of this where somebody's trying to give a, a, an interview and people around them are shouting them down. Uh, I've seen, you've seen that with abortion. There's one famous one where this woman is screaming, my choice, my choice. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just so absurd and over the top. You know, she's yelling as somebody's trying to explain their, their, pro, their pro-life viewpoint. And she's just, so you, th- this is becoming more and more common if you're you know if you're being interviewed at a rally and you you hold the the minority opinion or just the less an opinion the less uh the non-statist opinion the less the loud non, opinion the non uh wokeified destructive opinion <coughs> this is this is i think what we're getting at is like we have we have uh certain threads uh what would you call them ideas in our society like for example that whites are racist if you're white you're racist if you're white you're privileged tell that to some poor kid from a trailer park okay right if you're white you're racist that's a that's a thing that's happening right now that's it that's on its face a racist statement okay because it, it brings race into the issue and it's just simply not true well it's making assumptions about people based on their skin color yeah which is the essence of racism. of racism. So that's one thing that's out there right now. Another thing that's out there right now is this trans activism, okay? And it's the idea that men should be able to say that they're women and be treated like women, or vice versa. Women should be able to say that they're men and be treated like men in, in every aspect of the society, legal of the society. In fact, well, to not, the point, not, not just to be treated like that, but to be celebrated and to have their, their preferences, like, for example, what they are called like uh, their pronouns 
be codified into law so that you can be then thrown into jail or fined if you don't treat them and say right. to them what you want. Now, if you remember when we were kids, you, you know, some guy would walk into the young men's, uh, the priest quorum or uh, the the boys' locker room and say, hey, ladies, you yeah, know, yeah. get your butts out there, ladies. Right. Run a mile. You know, they'd, they'd joke about them being men or, or women would say to the, the girls, all right, roll up your your sleeves, the Rosie Riveter crowd, right? Like, right. all right, men, get out there. You know, they, they right. this is... Oh, there's a, the, or or, or they'd, t- they'd be taunt. You'd taunt somebody. You were never in danger of uh, running afoul of the law to insult someone. Right. That was always acceptable. You remember? Uh, Maybe the, not polite. The, the the greatest insult. Le- legally acceptable. The, the greatest insult in the great classic baseball movie Sandlot. He says, "You play baseball like a girl," right. and everyone goes. <gasps> He really crossed the line after they just had this series of insults, right? It's a great mm-hmm. scene, but, right? But it's not just like, oh, I, I feel like I'm a woman. I'm going to live my life as a woman now. It's they've taken it farther than that to where they have to force. They're using the force of law and the force of uh, political and socio social influence to force their opinions and their way of life onto the rest of society. People, well, that, people are being literally forced. Well, they're, be, they're, pu- they're to, trying to push it into legal channels, right? Like the, the hate crime laws were the first step in this, the, the hate, right. hate crimes for, for race and uh, sexual preference. That, uh, and some of those laws were passed like 10 years ago, which... Or even earlier. They're an incredible... Yeah, but they're an incredible, incredible uh, miscarriage of justice a mis- misapplication a corruption of our laws because murder is still murder you know right and hate factors into probably most crimes right i mean i think that's a pretty logical statement isn't it or yeah or, especially or some, greed or some some variation especially on, like a premeditated there's no doubt that people will target certain people based on whatever reasons, and then go commit a crime against those people. That happens. Right. But I think there what you're saying special, is... There shouldn't be special... Uh, right, there's already provisions... Every single murder is bad. Every single assault is <laughs> right. bad. There's every already provisions single, in the law to punish those people, regardless of their motive. Right. right. But now they've made it you to just, where it's gone far beyond murder, to where it's like it's a, it's, it's a hate crime basically nowadays, to misgender somebody. Well, the whole point, again, and we've talked about this before, many people have talked about it, the whole point of these hate crime laws is that they were passed by, or they were promoted by uh, moneyed interest, uh, that oligarchy, that those segments of the oligarchy that want to obtain, they need to destroy America so that they contain, can obtain greater granular control over the world society, right? That's That's the whole point. We've talked about that a lot. And so the the thing that has to be destroyed in America, because we're a pretty, <laughs> there's a lot of momentum behind the American experiment. The thing that means needs to be st- destroyed is the society and the culture. So the one of the most important aspects of destroying America is to destroy the freedom of speech, and therefore you have to pass these hate speech laws, and that they were intended to be a direct assault on the freedom of speech, and because of the momentum they got, then we got to get into this crazy trans stuff, which is like a mental illness. They're, they're, these people need real help. They need, they right. don't need to be encouraged. They need, they need support from the society. Yeah. 
Well, and we talk about this person in the video, this man in the video with Billboard Chris. Like it's, it's you watch that video, and it's clear. It's it's clear as day and night. Remember, we were just talking about night and day. Those are the words it's, for those. Oh, lights. night and day. That's right. Thank lights you. Lights on, lights off. Right. Day night, and night. And day is, night and day is also a, a really funny movie with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Cameron Diaz. By the way. But it's clear if you watch the video who, who in that video is mentally sick, and I I'm not saying this flippantly. I, I this is like this rational is, people of the world unite seriously. Right, the, this we, is a need, real problem. People are going to need to take a stand here because and it's be, it's now, reality is being stripped away from us, and the timing of all this is really uh, it's it's uh, almost cosmological. <laughs> You have this trans movement where they're calling for a trans day of vengeance. And there's just the other day was a trans day of visibility in the wake of a trans activist killing, literally killing Christian kids at right. a school. I guess you should talk about that for a minute because last week we <clears throat> did uh, our podcast on more of, uh, you know, religious church themes about, you know, who, who are we really as a culture here in Utah? And there had been a shooting at a at a school, like during our recording in Tennessee, right? In Tennessee, and, this... and that was big news. A lot of our listeners thought we were going to talk about that, and I don't. I don't know if there's much to say. It's really well, sad. I, I th- it's yeah. If I don't know that we need to talk about the event specifically, but we do. We should. It does fit into this larger conversation. It do, it it does see, it seems really sad because it now nowadays because school shootings get so much media it seems like that's the thing that's in vogue if you're angry and you want to go out in a blaze of glory and get a lot of attention you go shoot up a school well, that's and, like and, and, and we've crossed a line now with this but it's it used to be the media wouldn't give attention to people like this and then they you know yeah, that changed. there was less of this going on. It changed with Columbine. Uh, I I have vivid re- memories of of the Columbine shooting because that was yeah. kind of the first mass school shooting. Well, the first mass reported school shooting, right? And I can't tell you the names of any of the victims, but I can tell you the names of the shooters. Mm. I'm not going to do it, but they were plastered on the covers of everything. Well, and, and that's. And that was in 1999, right? Well, and that's why I think it's important, again, to draw attention to the, the fact that I think this crisis, it's moving, but it's very much being aided by the moneyed interests of the, the oligarchy of the world, and the, the evil ones in the world are pushing it. It's, we're being pushed. There's, there are cosmic forces. There are, there are financial, physical forces that are like pushing us off a cliff. I, I don't know if it's inevitable or what, but... That's why I think it was so important to point out that with this Billboard Chris video, like a th- most of the people around were filming it. That's why there's so many camera angles. Right. Not, Everybody's not most, got their phone. But like a, thir- a third of the people, again, I'm just roughly estimating here, but there were a ton of cops right there in the area, tons of cops. Like, I mean, immediately there were all these uniformed people step in and then... There, there's a little bit of a of a struggle, but it was it wasn't like a big press of a crowd like the civil rights movement in the '60s or right. the anti-Vietnam movement. This isn't not this is not what we've got. These are these are more spread out. They're you know a lot a lot of these protests are like that, where m- most of it like the January 6th thing. You've got Buffalo Hat guy 
in the Senate chambers. He got released from prison, by the way. He did. Yeah. That was, that's news. Yeah. And I wonder if the Trump indictment is in, is an <laughs> effort to sort of distract from everything under this SUN. But so he got, he got released. That's great. Was it because they had had so much video of him being escorted <clears throat> around the Capitol? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, really there's, there's a lot of J six prisoners that need to be released. Yeah. Um, it was so it was obvious from the beginning we we pointed out here and that video's been erased from the twitterverse anyway but there was a video in the wake of January 6 2021 where he's being escorted right into the senate chambers you remember the police officer says this is a pretty like sacred place so don't damage yeah, anything yeah what were there like right? three, or, three or four cops yeah and like five reporters well, tons or of photographers reporters. We, we could only see it though. like and there there were ton there was tons of press coverage the, the buffalo shaman i think his name is jacob something he says yeah no problem dude like we're just going to we're just posing for some photos and then they got those incredible photos i you know he's He's a former uh, military. I, I would, would not be surprised if he was sort of a patsy in all this. He was set up well, it's a to, made for to look like a, a, a nut job. And I sure. think a lot of that's happening with, with, with this activism going on. Like, I mean, it's, but uh, we, we've crossed a line in the wake of this Nashville Christian school shooting where the, the perpetrator, the murderer, is being portrayed as the victim, and uh, kind of the spin on it is, well, you've, you've oppressed these people so much that you're driving them to violence, and then, and then the White House press secretary says, our hearts go out to the trans community as they are under attack right now. Uh, it's like, that's just a complete inversion of reality. Well, their minds have been under attack for a long time. And so... Uh, so what we're getting at here is that, that it, no one can deny that the, the current state of the socio-political discourse is contentious. It's, uh, it's a tinderbox, right? And you look at well, what, the, the summer of 2020, uh, that tinderbox was lit on fire, as well as many buildings and police cars. I thought maybe that would be a tipping point it sort of calmed down once the, the election happened. And, you know, you know, next year, 2024 is another election year. But things are definitely intense. But I don't think, I don't think the underlying cause is contention. My opinion is that the underlying cause is lies. Lies are causing all this because it's all based on lies. We're getting angry and we're, you have movements and activists all, you know, uh, like losing their minds over things that are not true, over things that do not square with reality. Uh, you even have, as an, as an example, you have supposedly smart people, mathematicians and things like that, telling us that two plus two equals five, not in some abstract way like we learn about in 1984, but in literal ways, saying, no, no, if you take, if you round 2.3 plus 2.3, if you round the answers, the answer is five. And it's like, well, 2.3 isn't two, is it? Those are numbers. They have specific objective values. 2.3 <laughs> 2 and 2.3 
it doesn't equal four. It doesn't equal five either. And and if if you extrapolate that to the rest of the world, like if you did, if you tried to build a pyramid or a building, an apartment <clears throat> complex or a bridge, and you used that sort of math, that the building is going to collapse if you even get it to stand at all. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you look at that in a in a philosophical way, if you build your worldview, your life around shady, sketchy, estimated math. Your life's gonna fall over. It's gonna because it's built on falsities. It's built on lies, and that's what's happening right now. Is we're being told, in some cases, coerced and forced to base our lives and to live our lives, accepting that ob- objective, abject lies are truth. We had to do this. It was so uh, obviously absurd during the pandemic when we. We're supposed to believe that stickers on the floor of a grocery store were saving lives or that masks were saving lives or that this vaccine was saving lives. When everything in front of us, objective reality that we could see with our eyes was telling us the opposite. Like when we had to stay home and stay safe unless you needed to go to Walmart. You're just being contentious. Well, fine then. Fine. If but speaking I think that's the, the truth is contentious. I think that's the question that we're getting at, right? right. Like, what, sure. what does it mean to contend? And, and I hear what you're saying is that there, there are these objectively wrong or false ideas being, like, like, not just, like, spend a little time, figure out the math type of objective right. reality, but, like, men changing their sex to being women, right? Well, not only that, because that's kind of always been around, although there's an epidemic of it now, but that we are all supposed to just accept it. Like Dylan, what's his face? Uh, is I don't know who Dylan, uh, who, D- Dylan, who uh, Dylan? Dylan Mulvaney, I think, is this now a woman uh, he, in, in his mind. He's like a TikTok star. I think he was on... I think he was in the Book of Mormon, the the musical. He's not in the Book of Mormon. He's not a character in the Book of Mormon. He was in the musical as a man. But he he's being celebrated right now on cans of Bud Light, believe it or not, celebrating uh, one year as a woman. And he makes all these TikTok videos that are the most flamboyant, stereotypical... uh, you know, portrayals of a girl. How was he linked to the the Book of Mormon? I think he was in the musical. Oh, okay. So this was the wasn't the musical about about the Book of Mormon, not produced by the church. This was not a church production. No, you you know the musical, the Book of Mormon. You've this is the Broadway. The Broadway. I'm just trying to get you to explain it for the listeners. I did think that the church had a clever marketing campaign. They said, "You've seen the musical. Now read the book." <laughs> And they kind of piggybacked on the popularity of that musical. But I think he was in it. Um, anyway, the, but here's the thing. is like we're supposed to accept that that is a woman, that that is a female, adult human female, and that his behavior, his, his flamboyant, like schoolgirl-type behavior is becoming, is, is normal for an adult human female. And, of course, women everywhere are, are offended by it because it—, it makes them all look like cartoon characters, and the guy is a man. He's a man. 
<laughs> and he's getting all kinds of endorsement deals uh, and being paid to promote products. Well, he's being paid to destroy the Bud Light brand, right? Like, didn't <clears throat> right? Bud Light is is has cans with him on it, and it's like, let's go <laughs> buy those. That'd be a great target practice, right? You could shoot up some Bud Light cans. Well, uh, isn't there a little bit of a go woke, get broke? Yeah. Get woke, go broke, whatever that is. But by the way, here. a little side story. Bud Light cans—they have these real bright, like pearl blue cans—and yeah. Bud Light drinkers are uh, very proficient at throwing those cans onto the side of the dirt roads because you you go out into the deserts or the mountains around here, and those pearl blue cans really stand out against the dirt. Oh, so do they? stop littering. Yeah. Don't waste Utah. Yeah. Don't waste Utah. <laughs> Remember that? that yeah. We've, we've talked about that before. <laughs> That's great stuff. So yeah, I think they're facing a boycott here. They, they might've picked a fight with the wrong people. Well, it, it, it under, it, it shows a complete, not misunderstanding, but a complete disregard for their target audience, which is their target audience. Let's be honest. Like Bud Light's a cheap kind of, it's not a great tasting beer, allegedly, but it's, it's cheap, right? It's <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> I, I've never drank it, but your, your typical Bud Light drinker is not the same guy that's going to go to some, uh, local brewery and get some apricot autumn hops or lager or whatever, right? They're buying it in bulk and they're drinking a lot of it to get drunk while they're camping or watching NASCAR or basketball and i'm being stereotypical but that's the whole point right Mm -hmm. and doing this flies in the face of their their target audience but that's the whole point of what we're saying is that so much of what's going on defies reality well it's and it's clearly an attempt to engineer society into a certain uh direction and i don't as we've we've postulated before, I really don't think that the intention of the oligarchy is to turn us into a trans slash gay slash uh, climate loving, whatever climate worshiping society. The point is to break America, and then they will re they will reconstruct society however they want. They'll yeah, kill they all the gays and the trans people if they want to. They they, they don't they'll think change that, the story. They don't once think they that, get control. They don't think that men. Can become women. They don't think that Leah Thomas, the swimmer, is a is a woman. Yeah, this is to break America. Okay, that's right. the point. This is to break America so that you have no remembrance of who our fathers are. Right. You know, who who what made us great? What made us successful? <clears throat> what made us? Oh, the great the great terrible buzz or the great and terrible word that should not be said independent what made us independent right. americans independent from them that's what they don't want so they've got to destroy society a, in order to achieve their goals we're living through a modern tower of babel event where the language is being corrupted which is then corrupting our minds and causing us to forget our heritage and and i think there's a there's you see that portrayed in the destruction of historical landmarks, statues, names mm-hmm. being stripped off of buildings, renovations being done that are destroying certain heritages and histories. Um, it's all part of this uh, ongoing effort to erase our culture, to erase the culture that was started by evil, destructive, slave-owning white men <clears throat> in the 1770s. 
right? That's the well, that's their that's, that's one the, of their talking points. <clears throat> so contend. Uh, what what is contention? The verb contend uh, comes from old French contendre in the mid 1500s. It meant to engage in rivalry or to compete. Okay. Uh, the French contendre comes from contendere in Latin, to stretch out, to shoot, to hurl, to throw, to strive after, mentally to measure, to try one's strength with, to fight with. It's uh, a con- uh, conjunction of calm and um, tondare, which means to stretch, right? So to assert, to affirm, to maintain. Contention or to contend tends to have a negative connotation, especially if you come from a Mormon or a Christian background, right? You're not paying any attention to me anymore. I am. I'm looking the, things up. The, which is fair on the Mind Virus show. We've got to spend some time looking stuff up. But it's, uh, I think in certain Christian circles, the idea is, and let me read to you from... Matthew chapter 5. You've heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if a man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not Turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, so that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect there is perfectio in um, Latin, meaning to be complete. Perfect. We don't, we don't want to morph this into a discussion of being you know perfect by some earthly standard Mm -hmm. but uh these are really important words here and this this is why it's a it's a tricky discussion and you know probably only going to hear it ever really talked about seriously by bobby flood and jordan bruno on the mind virus show so this this is important stuff there are there are nuances here because it sounds like and i think our enemies that we're supposed to love, according to the Lord here in the Sermon on the Mount, you should just, they would use this and say, just shut up and sit down, right? Did he say anywhere in there to shut up? No. He said, resist not evil. Turn the other cheek. Give, if somebody tries to take your stuff, let them have it. If they force you to go a a mile, go the extra mile. If somebody needs to borrow, don't turn them away. Did he say, seed the battlefield for truth to the enemy? I mean, this 
poor guy, Billboard Chris, <laughs> is is he being contentious? You know what? What, what is contention? What we well, this is a big deal because we've been just, and I'm going to say it. I know Bobby Flood, you're trying to kind of avoid the the direct link, but one of the main conference talks given yesterday it was general conference, the LDS general conference, uh, given by uh, the president of the church was on unity and uh, contention. And that's the big question. Because you can say you can say all kinds of flowery stuff about not being contentious, but we're in a real world situation here. Yeah, and I, I wasn't trying to avoid it. I just wanted to have oh, the I, transcript. I think, I think yeah, I think and you the were transcripts not yet available <laughs> for some reason. I like to take like these underhanded sideways uh, <laughs> jabs at Bobby. See how he reacts. Can I, I a little side pet peeve? It takes the church a long time to get the transcript, the text versions of these texts out to the public. Uh, like the video's already out there, but the 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 written version is not. And the it's, written it, version was it, on the teleprompter. Yeah, it exists. It's out there. <laughs> it seems it's, like it would be quite. The written version has been in existence much longer than the than the and, and, spoken and, version. <clears throat> in fact. I, I don't think know these if are they, done, these are done several months in advance, from what I understand. I, and maybe they have to revise the public, the published text version to match the video version. Although that doesn't always happen either. Usually, they re, they revise the text version to correct for socially uh, right, like awkward statements, like the one of Boyd K. Packer's talks, famous got that treatment, or Ronald Pullman from 1984. But that's another story. Right, or even some of Vezertap Benson's talks have been retconned. But anyway, the, you're right. The, uh, this is where, and I, I don't have any problems or really any, any I'm not trying to nitpick the, the talk given by President Nelson. It got me thinking is all. And, right, and, and let's, let's make that clear to, to our... Uh... Because we're, we're told not to have the spirit of contention, right? That that comes from the Book of Mormon. He that hath the spirit of contention is of the devil, it is not of me. Christ, it does clarify in those verses that, that, that contend with anger. He that contends with anger. I think if you look at the, the, beer, the Billboard Chris video, one could make the argument that Mr. Billboard was being contentious just by being there provoking these people. You could make that argument. I don't necessarily agree with that, but you could make that argument that he is contending. But is he contending with anger? Look at the video and you tell me who's angry. Mormon the, Mormon uh, said that Captain Moroni was a man of perfect understanding, complete understanding. Right. He could be considered the Book of Mormon equivalent of Billboard Chris, actually, if you want to really make a... <clears throat> A fairly, thought, a fairly precise comparison. I thought that was Donald Trump, according to Mike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a fun episode, fun event in in human history. Human history, <clears throat> but yeah, Captain Moroni, uh, uh, Mormon, also says that if all men were like unto him, that what the very powers of hell would shake. Yeah. And Captain Moroni was was a contentious person in the sense that he contended with evil and with people trying to destroy him. Meaning that he, assert, he asserted, he affirmed, he maintained. 
Right. And contender uh, isn't always a, a bad thing, right? It's used in in uh, in sports. Like, oh, we're a real contender this year. We're going to contend. And by the way, the, that definition does carry through to today. To struggle or to surmount or to assert something as a position in an argument. So... It, what, what, when people pull out the don't be contentious argument, it usually means sit down and shut up. It can. When people, it usually does when people in leadership bring it up. It's like, sit down, shut up. The thinking's been done. Just listen to us. You, as an independent-minded metanoia type of a person who's changed your heart and mind, expanded your thoughts, and has something important to say, have to figure out how to assert that position and, and and do it in spite of being called contentious because right. that <laughs> I think that's one of the um, like you pointed out it's like a it's like a Jaredite problem here the language has been confounded the uh, e- evil people have control of the mechanisms of propaganda of of media mass media and all they have to do is say that you are bad or that you're engaging in something bad when you're trying to tell the truth. There's another scripture that comes to mind I want to read real quick, uh, if, if you'll indulge me here. Mm-hmm. It's from John uh, let's see, it's chapter 15. At, at the end of chapter 15, I'll just summarize the end of chapter 15. He says, look, if the world hates you, it hated me first. You know, if you were of the world, the world would love you. The world loves its own. But because you're not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, the world hates you. Okay? He goes on and he talks about all this stuff about how... Another another scripture that comes to mind is that straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it because broad is the path and wide is the way that leads to destruction. Wide is the gate and many there be that enter thereat. Okay. There's, I'm not saying that the, the, you know, everybody in the world here, all people have the opportunity to repent. They have the chance to change their heart and mind to the truth and recognize the, the crazy reality that we're in. But a small group of people actually do it, right? It's usually it's usually a small group of people, and that's why when the Lord um, kind of summarizes the statement at the start of John 16, he says this, <clears throat> I've told you these things so that you won't be offended. They'll put you out of the synagogues, yea. The time comes that whoever kills you will think that he's doing God's service. <laughs> okay? They right. will do it in the name of God. <clears throat> they will say they are doing it in the name of truth, in the name of well, righteousness. Look at, look at the crucifixion of Christ, right? Who, who crucified him? It was the same people that during his earthly mortal ministry were saying, you're being contentious, you're disobeying the laws, you're breaking the rules, you're hanging out the wrong people, you're saying the wrong things, you're condemning the religious leaders. You're doing all of these things that we tell you not to do. You're being contentious, so we're going to murder you. And they did so thinking they were doing God's will. It's, it's interesting because it, from what I understand of the context of uh, the New Testament at the time of Christ, 
Judea was pretty stable. It was a province of Rome. We've talked about that before. I can't remember what the which episode it was. You can get um, you can get some material on this from the guys at Farms. Like there was one, there was a there was a nice little workbook called "Charting the New Testament" by Jack Welch and John Hall. And it's not a little workbook. It's a big. Thick it's a nice textbook. big textbook, but it, te- it tells you all about Rome and how many soldiers there actually were, not very many, uh, what the money was like, what the, what the government was like. It's, it's more of a middle school type of a mm-hmm. presentation. It's really good. It's very simple and, and simplified. And then John Hall wrote a book entitled New Testament Witnesses of, Witnesses of Christ. Uh, Peter, John, meaning John the Beloved, James, and Paul. And James was the brother of the Lord, not Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. But he he goes through a lot of context about how these guys weren't just random, uneducated fishermen. Okay, these guys were real forces to real, really high quality, mm-hmm. high high quality people. And uh, it gives more context about the the world of the New Testament in that one. And that's more of a of a academic. Um nonfiction book. But my my point was that the Lord came at a time where the established order was very corrupt and it was fairly stable. The the Jews and this is again I've told you my my big one of my big concerns with the movie The Chosen is it portrays the Jews as if they were oppressed. No, the Jews the Sanhedrin had incredible control. There was in, there was a great uh, s- consistent social order already there, and people like Jesus and John the Baptist were coming in and asserting that there were problems. You know that they, that right. that that this was not how it was supposed to be, and they created a movement. <clears throat> the, that's different than it is today because what we've had is you know if you look at the Reagan America. The, the 1980s on or the you know post-Vietnam era in America, it was pretty stable. We had the Cold War and then you, know, you get you get to the Clinton years when the, the Cold War was over and we had the internet and all that stuff right up until about 2010, except for the war on terror, which really unified America. We had a pretty cohesive society that it, it was, you know, it's kind of understood what American values were. Mm-hmm. Although in the 90s and the 2000 aughts, it was getting to be more salacious, right? I did not have sex with that woman. Right, right? but at it, least at it, it, those times, the political arguments were a lot narrower. You know, you might be talking about the best way to uh, preserve social security or the best way to resolve the conflict in the Middle East. Or... Yeah, we weren't we weren't considering that marriage, matrimony, which means motherhood. Right. Okay. Go look it up. The go to look up the etymology of matrimony. Mater moni. Okay. There's pot, patrimony, matrimony, fatherhood, motherhood. The order of matrimony, which is marriage, is between a man and a woman because you have to have a mother. The man enters into motherhood, right? So you can't have gay marriage by de- by like and this is not to try to be offensive to people who have that sexual preference. Again, you just simply can't have it because it's by definition not possible when right. you have two fatherly figures involved in a union. That's a different type of a union. Well, and that's a, 
<clears throat> the same with if you break down the word transgender, that can't exist. And didn't that get settled on like in, yeah, didn't that get settled on in like 2015? Was that when the Supreme Court ruled on gay marriage? I, d- I don't remember all the different landmarks, but there's been a few and then it's culminated in the recent Respect for Marriage Act, which legalized same-sex marriage in all 50 states, regardless of states uh, differing yeah, it was laws June, or rules. It was June of 2015 here, against according to the Associated Press. I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Uh, it was a 5-4 decision, by the way. But the idea is that because the states were passing all these laws against it, the Supreme Court came in and said, no, that's not fair for some reason. You, know, you could get into their legal rationale. But the, the point is that it's been eight years since that, uh, that pronouncement was made, which marks a shift in human history because it's always been understood. And, th- and that's why the word, the word derives out of Latin times, matrimony. And it, and it would have been clearly understood up through the Middle Ages because they were still speaking Latin, especially the monks and everything, right? People that had control of society, they understood what it meant. So marriage then takes on a whole new meaning in the next thousand, well, it didn't have a new meaning up until the 2000s, right? right. It, it, it's Again, always that, been understood that, that it's a man and a woman. And they'll say, when they perform the ceremony, they'll say something like holy matrimony. You're joined in holy matrimony, depending on you know, whether it was a civil ceremony or whatnot. So it's, it's really the 21st century, the, the 1900s, 2000s, the late, 20, the late 20th century. One of the best ways it can destroy the society is to destroy the language. We have a few scriptural uh, examples of that happening. I mean, it's, it's a big reason that Nephi goes back to get the plates over and over. Mm-hmm. to preserve the language of their fathers. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent here. I'll let you go. But my point was that we're, we're not talking about coming into a society that's long gone, like Jesus came in and the Jews had long abandoned the traditions mm-hmm. of, of the, the Hebrews that existed at the time of Lehi. Okay, that's why Lehi had to leave Jerusalem, because right. they had the Deuteronomistic rabbis had dramatically changed the Hebrew religion and they were destroyed by God or allowed to be destroyed because of it. And then they made up, the, the, the Old Testament has a lot of, um, what would you call it? The revisionist history trying to explain why when they, were, when they were so righteous, but they only for a short time you know, were unrighteous that they could be destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. And so the Lord comes at that time when that, when that had been well cemented in Jerusalem. And we are living at a time where the shift is occurring now. We're not, it, you, you're, these people like Billboard Chris could be called contentious for holding the line. And it, again, what is he saying? He's, he's carrying um, signs that say that children cannot consent to puberty blockers, right? Right. Something that five years ago would have been so utterly common sense that there would be no reason to wear a billboard that said it. It's like wearing a billboard that says, the sky is above us. Like, yeah, why are you protesting for that? Well, or you, if you, I, I think you could catch equal ire by having a billboard that said climate changes naturally. Right. Like, if you said that, that is a demonstrable fact. 
and, and a big reason for this and a big shift that we're experiencing that you've described is that is the religious um, the re, the all of these things are being portrayed in religious terms like the the trans movement has become a a religious movement the climate change is the global elitist state religion and it's talked about in such terms do you believe in science do you believe in climate change you're a denier you're you're a heretic you need to be excommunicated from the public square because you don't believe these tenets you know and you have complete with the priestesses like Greta Thunberg the successor to Jesus and uh you know uh, they have their own dogma their own scripture and that's happening now with this entire uh woke movement for lack of a better word where if you do if you don't subscribe to certain ideological beliefs you are contentious you are worth it is okay for you to be shot up at school or punched in the face because you are a heretic and not worthy of of human dignity and respect see i think this is why the lord would say Resist not evil, whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. The question is, why would they smite you? Right. Probably because you said something they didn't like or wore a billboard they didn't like. Right. That's billboard Chris right there, although it looked to me like he tried to at least defend himself, right? Yeah, I think you... He was getting... He was going to be choked out by an angry mob. Does he have the right to defend himself? Yeah, of course. Of course you do. Well, but I mean, what it says, resist not evil. I mean, I, I think the Sermon on the, Mount, on the Mount is something to be grappled with. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's wrong, because you also have, again, Captain Moroni, right? Well, and Jesus also said he, he's, not, he's not here to bring peace, but a sword. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, if we really get into the cosmological features of this whole problem, it comes down to a war between light and dark between good and evil right and it, and the differences are as stark as day and night <laughs> right well uh, jesus came in in the meridian of time whatever you want to call it right the new testament and taught us how to get along with each other taught us very many uh, important principles for coexisting with people that see the world differently, that believe different things, and also taught his doctrine, right? The doctrine of Christ, which is faith in him, uh, repentance, baptism by the Spirit or by the water, and then baptism by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. This is my doctrine. He says that a lot. Yeah, he sure introduces it. This is my doctrine, and then teaches that, and then says, this is my doctrine again. And he says, don't say anything else is my doctrine, because that's my doctrine. And he taught us how to get along. He, he, when he comes again, he's not going to come, this is maybe my opinion, he's not going to come and teach us how to get along again. He's going to come and he's going to burn the earth. <laughs> that's what he has said, right? He's going to, when he comes again, it's going to be a separation. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, going to be quite contentious, if you want to use that word. 
destruct destructive i don't think there's going to be much contention well nobody can nobody's going to be able to argue you're his not position. going to be able to argue it yeah it won't be much of a rivalry it'll be the globetrotters versus the washington generals i mean it's going to be <laughs> right and and i think that's something we have to grapple with in the sense that we're approaching that time obviously because every day it gets closer but we're we're supposed to be in the latter days. If you look at the scriptures, if you look at the t- sign, the times and the seasons, uh, w- it appears that we're accelerating towards that moment. And what are we supposed to do as believers? I guess this is where I like. I want I want to get into practical, you know, uh, feedback or practical advice. It's one thing to to say things like, "Oh, you can't convince people." When you're angry, it's like, okay, that's, that's like Stephen Covey talks, you know, that, that's fine. That's no big deal. Everyone understands that it's hard to convince someone when you're shouting in their face. Now, I, for one, was convinced by the linebacker barbarian shouting F-U, F-U, that turned me over to his side. I'm being facetious <laughs> here, right? But that's an example, right? That guy's clearly angry. Billboard Chris, I don't know, again, I don't know a ton about him, but in that he, video, he, he's definitely the sympathetic figure. He kept his composure pretty well. He, I mean, he, he <clears throat> really only, he just put, he put his hand up to film, try to film the people behind him because, I mean, that's one of these defense mechanisms people have is to try to film everything that's going on. Yeah, and, so and there's several angles, see. including his own <clears throat> angle of, of all of this happening and and then later afterward, I saw another where he's, he's, you know, the cops dismiss him. So you probably cut your own face and they laugh at him. Really? Yeah. He's got that on video. Because um, he tries to get them to do something about it afterwards. Yeah. But what I'm getting watch, at uh, is... The only part that I've seen is what you showed me just before we started. What I'm getting at is, is, what, is what, do, what is somebody supposed to do like like Billboard Chris or somebody who, who believes in something. And, and, and you, could, you, could, you could apply this to any side of any issue, really, but how are you supposed... But I think it applies specifically to people who are trying to s- stop the tide of absurdity and lies. How do you stand up for what is true? How do you stand up for reality without being labeled contentious? Because right now... It, that's like the death knell. Like, look what happened on January 6th. A few people acted in poor ways, right? Some of it was... Well, it, a turns, lot of out, it, was, it turns out it was all entrapment. But, well, right, I get that, right? There was, there was feds everywhere. Which we were talking about the day it happened. We were talking about right. the entrapment. Let us not... Remember, we knew about COVID early on, even though we might not have been as confident in our understanding. What we were concerned about, I think, has been proven... It's pretty clear if you cut past the corporate crap that you know, vaccines are not safe, they're not effective, you know, COVID right. wasn't as dangerous as everybody had worried about. We were worried about it. But uh, you've got uh, that issue, you've got the January 6th issue, et cetera. The problem is that people seem to be getting caught up in it, like the Covington High School kids, Nick Sandman, right? He got... It was a far more polite version of what happened to Billboard Chris. Mm-hmm. 
and he he was able to uh, turn this to his advantage by suing these media companies who mis misreported the whole situation and deliberately, deliberately slandered intentionally him. slandered him. Yeah, right. So, but, uh, but, but I that, guess that's I, the like we're we're I I I think if, it seems to me that. M- Majority, what's at stake here is the majority, the minds of the majority of Americans, because these are seemed they seem to be isolated incidents, but they seem to be happening a lot. Like there's a lot of media attention trying to capture these little uh, fires, these little brush fires, and turn them into a, a big raging right. uh, regional fire. Right? It but seems it, to be that's what's going on. And so, what do you do? The, the the in the specific example of the transgender thing, it could vanish tomorrow if the people in the United States who believe that it's crazy stopped uh, stopped accommodating it and said, this is crazy, let's get these people the help they need. Well, I think a lot of people are starting to do that. When the, when the parents in Virginia came out against the school board for their pro- pornography and trans right. and uh, gay ideological um, proselyting, you know, their, their overreach, okay? It wasn't that they... Remember the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida had nothing to do with right. what you could or couldn't say. Right, it's, it was about keeping sex out of the you know teaching sex in schools. Right, that's right. That's young grades. To, to, yeah. It wasn't even like school in general. It was youngest the youngest grades. Yeah, people are getting in trouble for for bringing up that we don't want to sexualize our children. Right, and <clears throat> the FBI put those people on the domestic terrorist watch list right? and said it was a characteristic of domestic terrorists to be worried about over-sexualization of your kids in school. <laughs> right. This is, so what, this, what, is a, this is a problem. So what do we do about it? What, what do good, honest, God-fearing people who are trying to live the, the principles taught in the Sermon on the Mount— and be peacemakers, what are they supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? People might say, well, Billboard Chris should have never even gone to that rally. Just stay away. But obviously his conviction caused, other, caused him to show up. And, and, and to be there as a voice of opposition is opposition contention. Well, this, this is, I think, more um, analogous with the Captain Moroni episode because these special interests, let's call them that, these these special interest groups are attempting to get the laws changed in their favor and they're attempting to try to make it look like they're they're supported by the majority of the people. When they're trying to make it look like they're uh, uh, highly oppressed people as well. That's one of their right, tactics one of, for getting one the of law the, changed. So we're 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 Trans rights are human rights. Well, what rights does a transgender person not have in this country? Well, you've got race baiting, and so now you've essentially got gender and sexual preference baiting. Right, it's the That's same thing. That's what's going on. But no one can answer that question. What rights does a trans person not have in this country? They can vote. They can own property. They can pursue their happiness. Well, they, they I think can, they want to force you to sell them birthday cakes, and they want to force you to employ them and allow them to uh, proselyte. Right, but having a job at their job not a right. I know, but that's but what I, they want. They right. want. They want to. They but, want to. What they're doing be like is, okay. They're, uh, you have to hire me because I'm trans. You have to hire me 
right? In spite in spite of the fact that you know I'm going to destroy your workforce, right? Through through all of the social shenanigans that are just going to demoralize everybody that won't turn they to also, my ideology. We're also told that there's an epidemic of violence and yet against trans people, and yet no one can name specific examples. Or they'll pull something out that hasn't... That, where well, they the, say words are violence. Right. Billboard Chris is violence because he says children cannot consent to people. Right, and this is where we get into the, the realm of uh, absurdity, of just abject absurdity. And that we have to contend with this absurdity because it's not just happening. You know that you know that old movie Hoosiers. It's a great basketball movie. Gene Hackman. Yeah, there's a there's a great scene in that movie where the uh, the uh, the the basketball coach, not Gene Hackman, but the the guy he displaces or replaces, the kind of the interim guy, and he's. He says, uh, he says... Dennis Hopper also in that. Yeah. Barbara Hershey. He says, uh, this, this outgoing coach says, you know, there's two kinds of crazy. There's the guy who runs around naked in the woods and barks at the moon. And then there's the guy who does that in my own living room. One you kind of have to deal with. And I'm paraphrasing the quote. But that always stuck with me because I... It's funny imagery, but it, it sticks with me nowadays because it's one thing for somebody to decide, you know what, I'm going to live my life as a woman. I'm going to get a wig and I'm going to I'm going to change my name and I'm going to wear women's clothing and I'm going to live my life as a woman. And I hope the people around me will accommodate that or ex- accept it. There's and then there's the doing it in your then living there's room. the guy who yeah does it in your living room who says. I'm living my life as a woman, and you damn well better accept that. And if you misgender me or dead name me, I'm going to kill you. Or if you won't bring your children to let me teach right. them. And by the way, I'm also, going to, I'm also a third grade teacher. Yeah, I'm also your kid's elementary school And I'm going to tell them that they also could probably live their lives as a, as a woman or as well, a I'm man. Not, I'm going to celebrate them when they right. agree with me. Not going to tell them that it's a possibility. I'm going to encourage it and celebrate it. Oh, and I'm going to also teach them how to perform certain sexual acts on each other. And then I'm going to try to get the FBI to put you on the terror watch list if you uh, contend. One of these things you have to deal with because it's happening in your living room. And this goes far, far beyond the transgender thing, which I think is, is honestly just like a distractive measure to further corrupt our brains and our minds. But you look at this from like an economic standpoint, like the currency is being ruined. The The economy is based on, you know, just faith. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, you know, the Native American senator from Massachusetts, she said, she's like, well, she was talking about Bitcoin. She's like, Bitcoin's not even based on, it's not backed by anything. It's just backed by belief. It's like, correct. It's like, Wait, what do you think the U.S. dollar is backed by? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but like the, the economy is being ruined. Our futures are being ruined. Uh, the, the human privacy, human independence, human liberty is being ruined. That's the kind of crazy that's in our living room. We have to deal with it it's in, in some way. How but do don't you do con- that? But don't contend. But how, you can't. You can't you, deal with it. Because if you express displeasure 
or if you express disappointment or disagreement, then you're bad. I mean, is that kind of, isn't that kind of what is being, if there's a guy barking at the moon in my living room, I have to remove him. I can ask him to leave. And if he doesn't leave, then I can pick him up and I can dump him him. off the porch. Right. So if they're in the Agora, if they're in the town square, which is what the problem is right now is it's spilled into the town, town square and it's, it's actually overrun the town square and it's spilling into your schools and your and kind of your living room because of that. If your kid comes home and tells you uh, that climate change is happening because of cow farts, what was it that happened? <laughs> right. The, all this drought rain is because of the cow farts? I can't remember <laughs> what your kid said. But happening in the town square is different than happening in your living room. Yeah, but happening in the school is not the town square. The but school's it's sort not the, of town the town square. square. You, if you if it's, I if it's I'm walking funded down by public money. if I'm walking through a literal town square, which sort of doesn't exist anymore, it seems like. But if I'm walking through a public park and there's a a man on a soapbox preaching something, that's okay. That's okay because I have the freedom and the autonomy to stop and listen to him and then say, ah, no, not for me. Or I can just keep walking and ignore him, or I can listen to him and agree and and then pick up the message myself. There's no force involved. Now, if that man is on in my face yelling, F you, F you, F you, F you, or if I go to him and do that, then we're talking a little bit more about the living room. Right. Oh, I mean, we have public decency laws too. If he's naked in the public square, right. that's always been at least culturally not acceptable. Right. That's sort of changing. Absolutely, it's changing. And so I guess it kind of key, the, the question on my mind, uh, you brought up President Nelson's speech he, or, or talk. He said, he also said, I'm not talking about peace at any price. And that sent me down a little rabbit hole of thought. Uh, what is the price that he or us as a society is willing to pay for peace. Now, peace isn't really defined in his, in his talk, but what, what is the price willing that we should pay for, for peace or for better yet for truth, for a world that is, is embracing and seeking and, and that loves truth. I think that Latter-day Saints are wondering that same thing. There, there is an identity crisis and we're hoping for leadership from people in positions of power, but we're not getting any specific leadership. We're getting these platitudes, right? Like, yeah, unity is good, but we have essentially a cognitive dissonance here. Cause you've got, for example, the sermon on the Mount, which comes in a, with a certain context and you've got captain Moroni, which comes with a certain context. Both. We, we don't talk about context. We're, we're mm-hmm. just given again, moral platitudes. So you would think that at a time like this, you could get some leadership. You, you could get some, at least, maybe not, maybe not leadership, you could at least get something specific. Right. Was, was there anything specific? Did you hear anything specific said uh, in, in that, conference? In that, it just in conference in, in general. general? In general conference? In general, in conference, <laughs> did you hear anything specific? I didn't. I, I'd have to go back, but not, 
not anything specific enough to where it was addressing some of the major pressing issues of our time, of our day, right? Well, I heard that, uh, I didn't hear this one directly, but apparently the words of, of uh, past prophets do not gain any value with age, like you might expect, like say you're a collector of automobiles or baseball cards or whatever. Those vintage collectibles will increase in value, but uh, apparently the, the words of the scriptures and past prophets don't track well with inflation. Yeah, really bizarre talk, honestly, that it was given by someone I've never seen before, never heard of, called uh, Elder Haney. Um, you know, this isn't new. This, this, what, what, what was interesting about this talk, though, because his statement was that the, he says, the key is the living prophet. The words of dead prophets do not hold their value or gain in value the way vintage automobiles or comic books do. Mm-hmm. What was missing was any delineation of uh, time. Like, what a, because the scriptures are not the scriptures, the words of dead prophets. Well, not only that, they're the, in some cases, they're the words of Jesus himself. Right. But, but, but let, me, let me say this. Just to throw throw a little wrench in the the mind here, you're aware of Ezra Taft Benson having given a speech at BYU in 1980 entitled 14 Fundamentals? Yeah, I've read that. In this, he says, the living prophet is more vital to us than the standard works, and he goes on to say that the living prophet is more important to us than a dead prophet. Right. And the prophet will never lead the church astray. So this is... Um, this is not new. No, it's not. Uh, but it's it, certainly gained a lot of momentum in our lifetimes. This this emphasis it has, and and the, the the expectation was would be that in times of crisis you would get. Well, the, the, it's also, <laughs> yeah, in times of crisis you'd get some specific prophetic leadership or guidance. Some people say we are. Some people say we're not. Well, I mean, that's we talked it about it before, and we, we haven't had a COVID warning for a while here on Spotify, so I'll just say it again. I think that's why we're all scratching our heads, because we were told to get the vaccine and mask up and sit down and shut up. Right. And it, it, the, the, thing that's, the thing that's a little bizarre about the, the, the recent talk was this analogy about gaining value like a comic book. Um, because I, I don't think that's... If you had an original, uh, if you had the original Nag Hammadi codices, that, that's gained value. Well, even if you, had, if you had an original manuscript of the Gospel of John, yeah. that gained, that right there, well, holy even, cow. Even an 1830, Priceless. an 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon is, oh, there you go. is a six-figure collectible. But, I mean, are, but, you, it sounds but, like you're being contentious here, Bobby but here's <laughs> here's where it was kind of funny on, on you know on Twitter. People were were explaining him for him, saying no, 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 he didn't mean the scriptures. He just meant obscure statements from Brigham Young in the 1870s or something. Journal of Discourses. They, you know, people were justifying it. And Adam is the only God with whom we have anything to do it, with. And it was like, <laughs> well, th- this is not you. Obviously, the, there's some room for interpretation when you say something like that. And even President Benson's 14 Fundamentals, I don't agree that the living prophets are more valuable than the standard works. Well, some people would say he the, said that when he wasn't the prophet, so it's not... The, 
because I think the scriptures are the are the standard from which we should measure people who are living prophets well, or claim as such. The issue with the scriptures is unless you reinterpret them, they create a great deal of stability because they're right. fixed. They're supposed to be these fixed ideas. Right. And of course there's going to be and differences that, of well, opinion. Well, that was the point of the, that was the point with the Constitution. You set down the Constitution of the United States to provide a uh, f- framework set in stone, essentially, that from which we don't deviate. And that's why around the turn of the century, 1800s to 1900s, you have this movement that is trying to tell people this is a living constitution. Well, it's a right. living constitution. It means whatever we want it to mean. Well, we've had a and, phrase in, in, in LDS culture rise in popularity recently, um, the ongoing restoration which is exactly like living constitution. Right, and, and that's a, sort of an excuse to just change the, change the situation and say that's what God wants. Uh, I would think we could find, if it were restoration, we could find some sort of evidence in the past that, that what we're changing to or what we're, what we're uh, our ongoing restorative effort is that it's aligning somehow with some rational thing that makes sense from the past. Like the scriptures? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, and here's why I think people are really excited about President Nelson's talk, is because it had some elements, and again, I'm not trying to nitpick it. I, in a vacuum, it was, very, it was very nice, and it had a lot of important ideas. And so people are clinging on to that because they're hungry. We are hungry for this type yeah. of leadership in a time that is, I, I mean, you talk to just about anybody, regardless of their political beliefs or their economic status, I think pretty much everybody can look at the world now and go, it's messed up. Oh, things, yeah. things are more messed, messed up than maybe ever. And we've t- spent a lot oh, of time yeah. today talking about why that is and what that is, but People are hungry for some counsel. How do we yeah. navigate this? Well, and, and I think the scriptures are a little bit problematic. I've said this before. You know, the they're not necessarily all originally authentic. They're, you know, sure. we, the Book sure. of Mormon is is incredibly significant because we have a pretty good chain of custody on that one. It was right. it was Joseph Smith translated by the power of God. You can either believe that or not. And uh, but it, it's it's really pretty much Joseph Smith's translation of an ancient work, as opposed to, for example, the Old Testament, which there was a lot of redactions, uh, a lot of of history there in the first few century, uh, the first six centuries before Christ. Right. That we, we don't we don't know where it all came from. We can we can make some comparisons based on historical other historical records we've found and things that were excluded, but you know. So, so the scriptures are great; they're really important. But are they are they even gonna? You know, you can look at the standard works, you can look at the Bible and, and the Book of Mormon, and and we can find competing ideas. Sure, we, we can sure. we can we can find a rationale for almost anything. You know, if you look at the books of Moses, it's like, well, the Lord says you'll utterly destroy and not leave alive. Uh, any men, women, children, or animals from these places that you're going to take over. I mean, right. there, you can find rationale for a lot of behavior. Well, in and the, that's in why 
that's why it's so important to have the spirit of discernment in the Holy Spirit. But I do think the Book of Mormon is unique in that it was it addresses a lot of the exact issues of the latter days that people of the latter days would have to deal with, like wards and uh, preemptive wars and secret combinations secret combinations and uh, confundation of language and and in the utter moral decay of an entire society that you know that ended up that moral and spiritual decay led to their physical destruction right? and we're we're on the cusp of the, these things right right so it would be nice to see some specific <clears throat> i mean th- those are things i think that serious students of the book of mormon and and again Thank you, Ezra Tap Benson, for putting such a great focus on the Book of Mormon. I might not agree with his 14 fundamentals, but right, he, right. he uh, was, uh, a lot of his work was instrumental for me try, to try to understand the secret combination, the government, um, well, he, he famously, combinations. He famously said we were under condemnation. For Qu- n- quoting Doctrine and Covenants section 84. Right, quoting the Lord, <laughs> saying that we were under condemnation for ignoring the New and everlasting covenant, right? Is that the language? Uh, it was something about uh, for n- not doing what the Book of Mormon, right? And to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, dear listeners or Jordan, uh, that condemnation's never been lifted. Well, that's what his his assertion was. Is this this was 1832 uh, in September? And everybody likes to everybody likes to point out the whole true and living um, church thing from 1830 or 1831, but then by 1832, it says in Doctrine and Covenants section 84, verse uh, 53, the whole world groaneth under sin and darkness even now. Your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you've treated lightly the things you've received, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation, and this condemnation resteth upon all the children of Zion, even all, and they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, even the Book of Mormon and the former commandments which I have given them, not only to say, but to do according to that which I have written. It it is a lot like um, what Joseph Smith told in the Wentworth letter, where he says the Lord came to him and um, he had asked, you know, which church should I join? Well, they're all wrong. Their creeds are corrupt. He says, the Lord said, quote, they draw near unto me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They teach for doctrines, the commandments of men, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So how do we, contentious. how do we slip out from under that condemnation? Was it just handing out more paperback books of Mormon to the world or... What what was the phrase? They took lightly the things which I have written, including the Book of Mormon. Yeah, let me read that again. It was 54, right? No, 57 of Doctrine and Covenants 84. 
they'll remain under condemnation until they repent, which we've talked about a lot, mm-hmm. means to change your heart and mind, right? To have a cosmic shift, to have a serious shift. And remember the new covenant, even the Book of Mormon, and the former commandments which I have given them, not only to say, but to do according to that which I have written, that they may bring forth fruit, or so that they may bring forth fruit, meet for their father's kingdom. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. So I guess the question is, at any point since then, have we collectively repented and brought forth fruit, meet for the Father in heaven? Well, that's that was President Benson's assertion when he gave the Book of Mormon talk back in the eighties. His that, assertion was that we hadn't. It was that we hadn't. He yeah. repeated the condemnation, and that wasn't that and was his, thirty years ago. Yeah, and his big thing was, you know, hey, there's a conspiracy in government. The society's being degraded. I mean, that that uh, <laughs> that is prophetic, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> But he, you know, he wasn't well received. You know, I remember talking to family members about President Benson and some of the very obvious warnings that he brought forth, especially about secret combinations in government. And one of my relatives' response was, "Well, yeah, but he's been saying that for a long time, and you know, the rest of the members of the twelve don't really agree." And it's like he was the Secretary of Agriculture in the Eisenhower administration. He was like the only one that worked with the worked well, in I, government. He knew, it, like he had firsthand experience. And and I, I was really surprised at this family member being so dismissive. It's like, well, but nobody really believes him, right? And he, he your family member wasn't totally wrong. That's how he was treated. No, it was an accurate representation. There, was, there, you can you can go back and read newspaper articles from from the sixties and seventies that uh, really there was a lot of um, disagreement among the 12 around the things that Ezra Tap Benson was saying. And he, of course, was famously, I think he was even a member of the First Presidency when he was, or certainly a member of the 12 when he was jettisoned to, the, to preside over the European mission. They, they sent him over there in hopes that he would they could calm down, down. <laughs> and it didn't really work. But they've even kind of admitted that it was a, a kind of a punishment, a banishment. Go, go out there and be in Europe. Hmm. So there was definitely some disagreement. Um, uh, today, we're, the, the 12 puts on a very unified front, and it might be genuine, it might not. We don't really know because we don't have insight there. But I think it's really important idea, this you know, the Lord admonished the church in 1832 to repent and bring forth fruit, meat for the Father in heaven. Ezra Benson in the 80s said, we're still under the same condemnation. How do we get out from under that? I think that's a really important question, because if we don't get out from under, what does it say there? It says, otherwise there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. That doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> there, there have been uh, church members who've written about removing the condemnation. Uh, one in particular, I won't mention him by name, but he was excommunicated. Is he named after a city in the West? <laughs> yeah. He wrote, he wrote a whole series, I think, on removing the condemnation, and uh, it but he was excommunicated, so we don't look at that stuff. <laughs> right. 
San Antonio. Good old San Antonio. Antonio. Well, no. So I I think that's an important thing that everybody, every member of the church should spend a lot of time pondering and thinking and studying and wondering, is it possible to remove the condemnation from themselves, if not collectively as a whole? It's it's possible for God to do it. It requires repentance. It requires repentance. It requires metanoia, changing of the heart and mind. And and it it just, I think we've mentioned this before, but it goes over like a lead balloon because you, you can't use the word repentance. It doesn't mean anything to people. Back in the day when Abinadi said it or when Alma said it or Nephi said it, it sounded something like this. It's imagine talking to your dad or your or, or your mom or whoever, whoever the trusted source is in your life or your stake president, somebody that, you know, you've got, you've woken up to something and you have this disagreement. You, ha- you, you have an epiphany and you want to share the, the idea that, hey, there's a problem and you need to address it and ch- you, should, you should consider it because you could change your heart and mind and have this similar understanding and all these other things will come alive to you in the scriptures, whatever. But it, it, the conversation would kind of go something like this, like, look, I mean, imagine getting up in fast and testimony meeting and saying this, all of you really highly successful people in the ward, those of you in church leadership and everybody, I'm talking to everybody. And the stake president's sitting there on the stand, you know, including you, president. And you say this, you say this to them. You all have fundamentally misunderstood the world that we live in and what's going on in it. You fundamentally misunderstood the nature of it and the people in it and the systems of it. And your, your uh, conception of it is fundamentally flawed and wrong. You need to change how you're looking at the world dramatically so that you don't get destroyed in Babylon. And you need to really search for and connect with uh, this Redeemer God, Jesus, because you've misunderstood him. Now, that's what repent or be destroyed means. Right. <laughs> like that, 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 that goes over like a lead balloon if you try to explain that to people. Well, that would be considered, I think, contentious. Well, it would also be considered apostate. <laughs> right, which is contentious. <laughs> but, that's what the, but that's literally what Jesus did when he went in front of the Sanhedrin. Or, 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 or when, actually, in front of the Sanhedrin, he was silent. Excuse me. It's what, it's what Jesus did when he was speaking amidst the Pharisees and well, the scribes and everybody. Yeah. He said he, they were snakes. He said their father was, was the worse devil. Than, it was worse than what I said, right? So their father was the devil. <laughs> right, so it was even more abrasive than what I, what I just said. But when Abinadi goes and he talks about it, you know, they're like, well, you're prophesying of destruction. What does it mean how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet who pro- of the people who proclaim peace? You know, they, they throw it back at him. Uh, Alma and Amulek at uh, Ammonihah. I mean, this, it doesn't go over well. Right. Well, Isaiah had some strong things to say about that kind of thing. Right. So they put him in a hollowed out tree and cut him in half. Yeah, that's the thing, is a lot of these prophets are ended up, end up dead, like Abinadi, like Isaiah, <laughs> yeah. like Jesus, yeah, like Joseph, Joseph Smith. Uh, and they're killed by people who all, almost all of them say, you're being contentious. Well, and people, you see people go back into the matrix all the time, too. Like uh, Scott Adams, Dilbert, didn't he at one point say, look, I'm, I'm done... Contending, I'm done telling you anything. I mean, he had a platform, right? 
And he says, oh, there was one point where he didn't he say like, I'm, I'm just going along with this because, you know, look, here's what happens to people that speak out. Didn't he have an episode uh, he, like that? He might've, he, He's got a podcast. He's also got a big Twitter following. He did say... I just thought it was amazing he articulated it because he literally had one of those right, points he, where he's like, I'm not going to fight the establishment on this because you get eviscerated. Well, he, he, he came out and he said some things that pe- the people said were racist. And so his, his comic strip, Dilbert, got canceled. Well, that, that was recently, but a couple yeah. of years ago, like... He, like he, he might have. It I, sounds he like something he would do. Maybe the inner struggle just got him, and he had to. I think he's honestly. I think he's going through some some stuff as he's realizing he's, that he's. Well, the, you can see that if we took the hero's journey and applied it to Adams, he he failed to take up the call to adventure, and so then later on, when he finally takes it up, it gets worse for him. Yeah, or he's been thrown into the adventure unwillingly. Yeah, but he's. I think he almost is just like he doesn't know how to handle this, so he's just burning things down as he as he goes but but uh he, the the reality of our situation this awful situation is going to catch up to everybody at some point or another and it might not be until you're lined up in front of a firing squad uh, literally or figuratively i i i don't know but as long as it's women that are shooting, that are holding the rocks. Women with fake beards, men playing the parts of women, wearing There's a lot of symbolism. beards so that they are acting like women, acting like men. What, a, it's hard to describe that. There's a lot of symbolism in what you're describing in what is supposed to just be a comic, comical scene from the life of Brian. Yeah. But there's... It proves prophetic in that you have, you have right now the loudest voices of contention, in my opinion, are the trans activists. You know, we have this trans day of visibility. Again, the timing was, well, co- it was cosmological a couple in the of years wake ago. of a, a trans act of terror. But all these prominent people, right, businesses and politicians— are are out there saying, you know, on this trans day of visibility, need you need to know that we see you. And it's like I, I sarcastically said, I'm really grateful for this trans day of visibility because without it, I'd have no idea that there's this trans movement and that they're the most petulant and privileged people in society. Because that's how they act and they expect us to treat them as such. And that scene in Life of Brian is really interesting because you have what is essentially amounts to trans men. Right, they're they're women. I don't understand. We could try to go through the language, but let's just say okay, it in plain they're, English. They're women in no. the in the scene in the movie. Yeah, it's no. a it's a New Testament yeah, era. But they're men playing women, right? It's they're, Monty Python. They're men, men actors, re, men dressed as women. No, but they're, they're acting as, as women men. in the movie. Right, right. It's somebody's mom played by one of the Monty Python crew who's a man. Yeah, but the, but the, the women in the story the the premise is. These women, quote unquote women, right? You know, they're played by men, but the women want to participate in society as a man. And they want to, they want to be involved in the, in the stoning, stoning. Because, because that's what the women want to have. We, we want our pound of flesh too, right? So they dress like men and they participate. And, they and they're, very, they're very, very, very uh, gung ho about the stoning, right? They oh, start yeah. throwing stones when. They're not supposed to, and then end up. Everybody in the scene ends up getting stoned. Well, it's comedy and it's hilarious, but it's also really interesting because right now you have 
these trans activists that are eagerly stoning anybody in their way. They're trampling them. They're literally gunning them down. I, I'm not trying to make light of what happened in Nashville. It's real. It happened. And you, we, we're living through this inversion where the most vocal, violent, contentious people in our society, we're being told to accommodate them and to respect them and to love them and to expand the borders of Zion to include them. That's a title of a book, by the way. You can, if you're curious, you can look it up. It's mm. not something I would endorse, but it's the title of a to. book, again, in the theme of inversion and perversion of, well, of what it means to be a Zion society. That was one of the first episodes we ever recorded was, what does it mean to be a Zion society? And it's kind of been the theme throughout our, our two plus years of existence, our 121 episodes. What does it mean to be a Zion society, and can we create that in this in this fallen existence? Well, I don't think you create it by just going quietly into the night. Absolutely not. And and that's a that's a good question. I mean, that's why everybody has to become connected. It has to re, reinvigorate that connection, or or let God reinvigorate the connection between them and God, so that they can uh, have a real time understanding of what they should do and say. But you, you, po- you were talking about that. I don't think you were saying we shouldn't love and respect these people because I think we do love and respect them. What we want yeah, is course. to help them recover some self-respect. It's like, look, you, you're, you're probably thinking you're a different gender because of societal interference here. And let's work, let's work on getting you the attention and love and respect that you desire in a, in a constructive way, a way that you won't regret when you're older, a way that, you, the, a way that will help you to be... Um, in a way to, that, and fill an integral part of the society. In a way that's not going to destroy you. you know, if you but, have but it, a, won't, it won't destroy people around you either because right. when they do this, then it's like, well, if you don't, it, it becomes this, uh, this caustic um, situation because they put themselves in a situation there where they're creating, where, where the unnaturalness of what they're doing causes people around them to have to either conform to what they want or recoil, you know, they, 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 it's like they won't accept any middle ground. Right. And if you recoil, then you're hateful. And then it, but or the, phobic or whatever. Right. But if you, if you accommodate it, you're aiding and abetting the self-destruction of that person. And the society. It, it's like if you have a child that has a broken arm, you're going to get that injury taken care of. You're going to go get that child the help that they need so that they can heal mm-hmm. well we're not doing that with kids that have broken brains well, no we're, we're sending illness. them to school to get their brains broken yeah there's that that's the problem but we're accommodating such obvious mental illnesses and i'm not just talking about transgenderism i'm talking about a lot of the different mental illnesses that not that long ago we would, we would help young people or old people, whoever, adults, kids, whatever. We would help them as a society get the treatment that they needed. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we spent a lot of time over the last 20 years destigmatizing certain mental illnesses, destigmatizing going and talking to therapists and, and, uh, yeah, depression, anxiety. These are right. things that people and, and realized, okay, these are real issues that people need help with. And in the course of like a year, it's all being undone. You don't need to go to therapy if you think you're born in the wrong 
body or gender, you need to embrace that. Let's not forget that the Antifa guys are still out there, right? The yeah, anti, they're still... The anti-fascists who are funded by fascists. They're still ruining Seattle and Portland. The, you've got them out there. The Black Lives Matter uh, anti-white movement has... There's been some ex- exposing of those guys, like the the leaders... <laughs> we're just taking all the money and buying real yeah. estate or something. They bought some expensive homes. It's basically it was a money laundering operation for political donations. But that's, but that's still and, a and, thing, and they enrich right? themselves. They're still out there. It's it's not the cause du jour. But I mean, is the, Ukraine uh, is still being stood for apparently. Yeah, but like, but look, it seems like the trans thing is the one that's on the on the front page today. And one one of the it's just creating some of these absurd, and and maybe this is a problem with us just paying too much attention to it. But I. Again, I go back to the fact that they're trying to get the laws changed and trying to get societal norms changed so that it does actually affect you. Because when you leave your living room, you you do have to somehow frequent the Agora. Right. Otherwise, you can't exchange in goods and services and live your life, right? Well, that, it's, a, it's a requirement right. in today's society. And so so this is becoming front and center, but it's, it's producing some, some just strange uh happenings like for example in Canada the Canadian weightlifters association decided that you can just identify as a woman or a man and compete in whichever gender category you want you don't have to take hormone blockers right so there was a dude who won the bench press competition just for kicks he just entered as a woman right and is this massive guy with a beard yeah, that came in and just easily broke the record by a ton, a ton of weight, not a ton, not probably, a full ton, probably literally. less than a ton. He broke it by many kilograms. Yeah, a few years ago, Zuby, who is a, a rapper and a speaker, really articulate. But by the way, the previous record holder was a tra- was a man that said well, he was a woman. Well, no, in 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 these realms where this is allowed, no woman will ever win again. But Zuby did that a few years ago. What's Zuby? Zuby is a rapper speaker. I like him a lot. Z-U-B-Y. He's very active on Twitter. He's a good voice of common sense. Um, he did that a few years ago. He, he entered, as a, entered woman? as a woman to prove a point. To win a and, rap contest? No, a weightlifting contest, oh, weightlifting and, contest. and destroyed the competition. Like, okay. you had he's the, not a weightlifter. You had that uh, athlete from New Zealand who competed in the Olympics, right, as a, a man masquerading as a woman and he didn't win but you look at him it's clear he didn't even train was this uh the figure skater no it was a weightlifter who was the where was the figure skater from that was just really horrible oh i remember that it wasn't the olympics but yeah i remember that that was that was that was sad it was like a 50 year old yeah guy identifying as a 13 year old girl or something. skate as a as a 13 year old uh, tanya harding but it, it, there's some high school athletes in connecticut that that transitioned and okay. were just you know they're men competing against women track and field absolutely records destroyed are just going the, down. the records you know i i looked up the utah state because i live here in utah I, I looked up the utah state track and field records and the fastest the the fastest women's times in all of these different events right 100 meters 200 meters four 800 mile all of these events the fastest, the record holders, the record holders for the ladies were not even top twenty-five times for the men, for the boys. So you, are they top one hundred? I don't didn't go that deep, right? Right, the record books I think only went twenty deep or something. But the point being that you could be a mediocre 
boys high school track athlete and you could be the best female athlete ever. The, the, Leah Thomas is a great example. William Thomas was ranked in the 400s as a man swimming at Yale or wherever he's going to school. As a woman, he was ranked number one. This isn't to say that like women are less than men. It's just that in the realms of physical athletic strength, it's, it's the University pretty, of Pennsylvania, by the way. Pretty it's just pretty uh it's just common sense. Men are bigger, faster, stronger. That's that's just the way biology is. I just want to say as a man, women are prettier than men dressing as women. Just <laughs> Well, that's, it's funny you say that because, again, Dylan Mulvaney, right, is mad that no men are hitting on him. <laughs> really? He's like, am I not a beautiful woman? It's like, no, you're not, not really. a woman. You're not a woman and you're not a beautiful woman. You're a man wearing makeup and spazzing out like a 13-year-old, like the stereotype of a 13-year-old girl. It's not attractive. Does he have gay men after him? I don't know. Probably not because the gay men want men. Right. I, and this is why the... Tr- this is uh, where it gets is com- it, yeah. completely convoluted. Like Maybe they, this is why they're unsettled. Maybe why they want, they're upset because it's not working out the way they want it to. Of course it's not. It's a self-destructive behavior and it's not contentious to call out self-destructive and society-destroying behaviors because I want to... I want society to thrive. I want people to thrive. I want people to be happy and healthy. And we can't do that when we, in, when we engage in and uh, accommodate and, and endorse obviously destructive behaviors. You know, we, we don't, if someone has a drug addiction, if they're addicted to heroin, we don't tell them this is your true authentic self. It will kill you and it will destroy you and it's helping destroy society, but you live your truth. Like, no, we try to get those people help when we can. Yeah. It, it's it, it, it's and, you just know, the things that we have to contend against are so blatant and so obvious and in our face that we have no choice. Mm-hmm. The, the other choice is, like you said, go quietly into the night, which... Uh, I don't want to go quietly into the darkness because that's really what it is. It's the yeah. darkness that's engulfing. What, the, the, the scripture you read from DNC, the, what does it say again? Read the first part of it. It's an important, it's really a pl- applicable. About being under a condemnation? Yes. DNC, this is in DNC 80, 84, 84, verse 57. Fi- we'll remain under condemnation until we repent and remember back the Back up, new though. Covenant. Back up. It oh. says, the minds of men are covered in darkness. Yeah, the whole world groaneth under sin and darkness even now. Yeah, the by whole the way, world is by the way under sin and darkness. There's a better there's a better one. Even now. There's a better one if you want to hear a, a sin and darkness scripture. It's DNC 112. This is 1837. It says um Well, let's see where is it? Sometimes Jordan's photographic memory well, brings up the wrong photos. No, it's it's the right section. It's just verse 23. <laughs> I wasn't finding it fast enough. It says, well, yeah, sometimes I don't get the scriptures right either. But uh, section 112, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, darkness covers the earth. 
and gross darkness the minds of the people. And all flesh has become corrupt before my face. This is 1837. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. Now, I probably... doesn't say a day of contention, though. No. But darkness covers the earth, and gross darkness the minds of the people. That's Doctrine and Covenants section 112, verse 23 and 24. And then... The one that we're not supposed to quote is verse 25, which says, And upon my house shall it begin. Right. And from my house shall it go forth. First among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. So, I don't know. That's you a, can take that, I guess, however you want. Yeah, that's that was a, Kirtland, Ohio, 1837. It's a... It's quite the pronouncement, and we we do live in an age of gross darkness, and gross uh, takes on many different meanings nowadays. It's It's been growing since then. Uh, a lot of people, I think, at the time thought that was going to happen right away. Quickly, in the Lord's time frame, you know, soon and quickly <laughs> are, are relative terms. Right. And uh, that's, what, a hundred and almost 200 years ago. 175 years ago. Right. 185. Well, I think this is a good spot to wrap up. I think <laughs> I I think that it's important and I will give credit to uh you know, general conference can sometimes be too general, right? But I think the last session on Sunday that there was some good emphasis on Jesus Christ. Elder Oaks gave an entire talk just quoting the words of Jesus, and that was refreshing. I liked that. This last time he did? Yeah, yesterday. Oh. Um, and so credit where, where it's due. There was some thought-provoking uh, sermons, talks. There was no conferring, right? There's no question and answer period or uh, classroom-type settings. But, and, and there was some, some kind of clunkers, like the one we talked about with the comic books. But I, I, I'm appreciative that it set me down some some ponderizing thoughts and roads and, and uh, it got me thinking about what uh, the nature of, of truth and how do we stand up for what is right without stirring hearts up to anger? Cause it is possible. And we have this incredible example with billboard, Chris, uh, he, he wasn't doing anything. And yet the people around him were rabid animals ready to kill him. They were ready to kill him. And I don't think the cops would have done anything to stop it. And that's the reality we're faced with, is that the people who hate us will kill us and think they're doing the, the Lord's will. And I, I, it, I don't accept that there's nothing we can do to prevent that or stop that. I don't think we need to just sit back and be lambs to the slaughter. Well, you have to figure out a way to... Um express your opinion and truth and the inspirations you have and stand strong for what what you know is true <laughs> and uh survive you know figure out how to do that diplomatically um hopefully but some sometimes uh i think 
you just have to say it. At, for my last words, I'll just quote um, Roger Waters and Dave Gilmore, and how they said it was this. They said, we don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Teacher, leave them kids alone. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. All in all, it's just another brick in the wall. All in all, you're just another brick in the wall. Pink Floyd. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great song. And yeah, teachers, leave them kids alone. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Good luck out there. <laughs> good luck. This is another black pill episode brought to you. No, I, th- no, I thought it was a pretty good. Episode. No, I don't think it's black pill at all. I think we we discussed some really. It is. It's about reality. Practical things. It's about reality. Um, you're in. You're living in it. You get to deal with it. I think we're, <laughs> unless you, you know, if you, as long as you don't, if God inspires you that you have to go out and do what Billboard Dave is doing, I guess you'd go do that. But Billboard Chris. Billboard Chris. Dave, Dave sorry, is his Dave. brother. Dave is his brother, lesser well known, hasn't been in as many altercations. Placard Dave. But, <laughs> As long as, long as uh, yeah, if, if you don't have to go do that, that's great. But you probably need to make it known in, in certain ways, or you're probably going to need to at least hold the line when it comes up. You'll know when it's appropriate. I don't, think we, I don't think we get out of here unscathed. You know what I mean? No, you're probably, you might get a broken nose, maybe literally like Billboard Chris. Yeah, but also you might, t- you might take some uh, societal angst, some energy, you know, like... If you have to say it at school or say it at church or say it at the Thanksgiving dinner, that I know from experience that that, that comes with some energy. So uh, anyway, between, that's between you and God. But hold the line and, and try to try to help because you know this this situation that we're in. It it was never. It was never going to be easy. It was never going to be uh, a smooth transition to fluffy bunny rabbits and unicorns and ponies and rainbows and stuff like that. This is a war between. This is the this is the cosmic war between darkness and light, between good and evil. You happen to be on the battlefield. You should recognize that. You should come to grips with it as soon as possible. Try to decide which side you're on, and then. Perform your function either as a warrior for darkness or a warrior for light as best you can. If you're contemplating uh, the darkness side, please disregard my previous comments and uh, hang up the phone right now. (laughs) Act like they're going to act like you're going to. Oh, gosh. Act like you want to live. They're turning the frogs. Act like you're going to act like you want to live because they're trying to kill you. (laughs) Alex Jones, right? Right. Well, fun episode. Uh, we're not canceled yet. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. Share it with your your friends and family members and anybody else you want to offend. <laughs> and uh, we will be back again next week. <laughs>